The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast with me, Uncle Bully. Feel free to come into my office, lay down on my couch, and talk dynamite with me. I'm going to run through the entire show. Let you know what I thought about everything. More importantly, the specifics. Samoa Joe and MJF. I'll tell you what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and how they could have done things better. And the nutshot didn't mean a damn thing. Why? We'll talk about it. This is the Busted Open After Dark podcast. Tune in and turn it up. Interesting night for AEW. About the first 45 minutes into the show, I wrote down a couple of notes. And I said, this product is lost and it lacked direction. I felt the product was a little meh for the first 45 minutes. The crowd didn't even really sound into it. They popped huge for Orange Cassidy starting off the show, as they always do. But they seemed a little docile. I'm wondering if it's for for the same reasons that some of you guys called in about last week with, you know, the arena not so full. Not really sure. But then the show kicked in for me. And it kicked in with MJF and Samoa Joe. And I'm going to get into that as the show goes on. As always, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what you thought of Dynamite. Any segment from Dynamite, we can go over. Try to stay on point, though, with what we're discussing. 877-344-4893. 877-344-4893. You know how much I love you first-time callers and you ladies out there. If you've never called into After Dark, please do so. Let Ariel know you're a first-time caller. She'll put you at the head of the list. And my ladies at, where are my ladies at? All my ladies are in front of me. 
Andre, you're always like a second behind on the drop. I got to take you to drop class and drop kick class and backdrop class. Uh, so, yeah, Orange Cassidy comes out and he cuts the promo about ha- him not having a tagline. And I guess that's his tagline. He need to put that on a T-shirt as soon as possible if they haven't done so. I'm not really sure why they felt it necessary to start off with Orange Cassidy, but it seems to be uh, the thing to do in AEW. Tony loves to throw Orange out there to kick off the show. And it might be a business decision. It might be that Orange Cassidy draws some ratings and bring some eyes to the product right off the bat. And for you wise asses out there who are like, well, they're doing shitty in the ratings. Yeah, well, Orange might be doing well in his 15-minute quarter hour. And then we got Mox versus AR Fox, which I thought was totally fine. AR Fox does a lot of stuff that is a head-scratcher and questionable, but... AEW caters to the AEW fans and gives them exactly what they want. And all the flippity flip doodahs and zippity zip yays and dives and everything that AR Fox does seems to resonate. Mox made pretty quick work of them. We moved on to uh, to Nick Wayne and Christian in the back where Christian He's going, you know, down that road again with the dad, the passed away dad, and said, you know, your dad was worse than I thought he was. We've seen Christian go to this well with Jack Perry. It worked before, and Christian's making it work again, especially because Nick Wayne's dad was a wrestler. One of the things that I did not like about that backstage segment is Nick Wayne just standing there like a kid. We heard that word kid a lot tonight. Smell what Joe threw it around talking to MJF. But Nick Wayne, 18 years old, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, right around the corner from 19. But I don't know, like if anybody talked about my dead father, I'd at least raise up a fist, try to come forward. I would do something. But Nick Wayne kind of just stood there and took it. I would have much rather have seen Nick Wayne show a little bit of balls and step forward to Christian or raise his fist and go to punch Christian right in the mouth. And then Luchasaurus just comes right across the the screen and goozles and grabs Nick Wayne by the neck so that Nick Wayne can't do shit anymore. And he neutralizes Nick Wayne. At least it shows me that the kid's got a set. And even though he's undersized and he's only been around for a a cup of coffee and a biscuit, that at least he's willing to stick up for his dead dad, who was a pro wrestler. Like, I bet you his dad, if if his dad was was around and he was listening right now, he'd probably agree. Yes, you got to show some guts. You got to show some fire. You got to show that you're willing to do something. It's that proverbial, um, uh, what's the guy's name from Back to the Future? Uh, It's that proverbial Marty McFly moment. Hey, you get your damn hands off of her. All Nick Wayne should have did was say, don't you ever talk that way about my father and go to raise his fist and bam, Luchasaurus grabs him. 
And then on the way out, Trishan says, oh, by the way, say hello to your mother. And then Luchasaurus just lets go. And Nick Wayne is kind of scared to death at that moment because he felt what it was like to have Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus's huge dinosaur hand around his neck. So I thought that was good, but I thought they could have made it a lot better by giving Nick Wayne some more balls. Statlander and Emi Sakura, just fine. Did what they had to do. Nothing, you know, tremendous. Good match. Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus the Aussie Open. I thought that was a good tag. At the end, we're getting dissension with Jericho and Sammy. Feels like they've been down that road before. The old tag team partners, but can they get along? But if you guys remember, when the Jericho Appreciation Society was breaking up, I said, and I think even LaGreca said, the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to be in trouble without Chris around. And I went on to say that the only guy that I believed would survive that breakup is Sammy Guevara. And the only person sharing the spotlight right now with Jericho is Sammy Guevara. Joe and MJF, really, really strong. And this is where the show took a turn for me. The in-ring verbiage was really, really good. Joe presents himself as a very, very credible threat to MJF and his World Heavyweight Championship. Joe's still going to have to go through this tournament, and I think he should. I think Joe should come out of this the victor. And I think Joe and MJF will be a good main event for New York. When Joe's music hit, the mood changed. That's one of Taz's old taglines. The mood is about to change. When Taz's music hit, you knew something was about to go down. Whether it was a Taz promo or Taz physicality. And now I'm talking about Taz in ECW. I'm not talking about Taz in the WWE. Taz in ECW was a killer. Like Joe has been his entire career. A couple of people asked me on social media, even our producer, um, Andre, the producing giant, asked me right before we went live tonight how I felt about Joe and MJF using the WWE references. I thought in this case, it was totally fine because that's what that, that's a part of their history. When MJF was just a security guard for Samoa Joe in NXT, and Joe had that Goldberg-esque entrance where he came out of his dressing room and security was flanking him, MJF was one of those security guards. And MJF walked maybe one step ahead of Samoa Joe. And Joe took that personally and put MJF right up against the wall. 
So, yeah, I did not mind the WWE references tonight. And that's also something I would like to hear from you guys. Did you like the WWE references or not? Maybe you had a change of heart tonight because AEW seems to mention the WWE a lot. I know Brian Hebner took to social media earlier tonight. He hated it. He said they referenced the WWE about five times tonight. And I can understand why somebody would hate it because he said the WWE would never do that with AEW. But tonight I thought it fit. So Brian didn't like it. And Brian comes up with a lot of good, good points. Especially when it comes to the refereeing because Brian Hebner is the best referee on the planet right now. Now, I know we're not talking about refereeing. We're talking about referencing the WWE, but I get his point. I also want to know what you guys think about that. One of the parts of this segment that bothered me, though, was the physicality. Because MJF goes to leave the ring, and as he puts his leg over the second rope, and he's straddling the second rope, Samoa Joe kicks the second rope right into MJF's yam bag. That's right. I said it, Taz. Yam bag. MJF goes down. Joe puts the boots to him a little bit, which he should have never have done. If you're kicking somebody, if you're going to kick somebody in the nuts, that's the biggest thing you can do at that moment. Kicking him ain't going to get you any further. You should have let that set in. Let that marinate. Marinate. But you know what? It wouldn't have mattered anyway. Because as soon as Joe took off MJF championship belt and raised it in the air, MJF got right up. And now he nutshotted Joe. Why? Why are we prostituting so many things? Now it's getting really bad, at least in that moment in time. And mind you, people, I really liked this segment, but this bothered me. I understand the prostitution of moves, the overdoing of moves, throwing things out. RIP Canadian Destroyer. That move's dead too. Means nothing. Zero. But how do you know, sell unless you're the Undertaker, Kane, PCO, how do you know sell nut shots? There wasn't even an, a, 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 enough time to sell that. Any man out there who legitimately gets hit in the nether region, south of the bread box, knows how long it takes to recover from that. Now, I know it's pro wrestling and we take some liberties, but I'll be damned if you get kicked down there that you're going to be up in 10, 12, 15 seconds. It just ain't happening. And it happened to both MJF and Joe. And then MJF trying to, he's, he's selling, he's selling, he's selling. 
yes, I understand selling it, but you you oversold it after it happened when you should have sold it. I think we ended up with a muscle muscle buster right there. I might even type in my notes in at that moment. The, Andre, it ended up with a, with a muscle buster, right? I believe so. I was setting up the studio at that time. Yep. No, 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 no problem. It ended with some more physicality, but a segment that I loved once again gets to the end and has me scratching my head. But this ends on a good note. This ends, this ends with a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I like that they let the segment breathe. I like that we saw security walking out MJF. I like that we had a chance to fully understand what had just happened, even though bits and pieces of what just happened made no sense. That's when the show picked up for me. I could have done a good, the bad, and the ugly segment just on MJF and Samoa Joe. Anybody who know been listening to the show, by the way, for the past six years knows how much I enjoy MJF's work and Samoa Joe's work. And I think by the time New York comes, it's going to be a very, very strong main event by a very with a very credible challenger. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. I always thought Trent was better off on his own. Not taking anything away from Chucky. I just always thought Trent was a breakout singles star. I find the whole act entertaining, especially with the mom and the minivan and then being good friends with Orange Cassidy, yada, yada. But I really like Trent on his own. I think he's got a good mind for the wrestling business. I enjoy his work. So I just wanted to throw that out there and give Trent some props. Roger takes off the neck brace. Wrestles a typical Roger Strong, strong style match. Good job. Puts the neck brace right back on with uh, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven by his side. Neck brace goes back on. People boo. They got They got the response that they were looking for. Hangman Page comes to the ring, talks about the charity work he did, donated some money to some local schools, put over some teachers. Nice little rah-rah speech. Out comes Swerve Strickland. I venture to say that tonight was the best night in AEW for Swerve Strickland. I like what I saw in the ring. I like his presence. I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he separates himself from everybody else in the ring and commands the spotlight. Swerve makes the spotlight find him. I think what Swerve needs is TV time every single week. Not the sporadic stuff. Like we saw with Keith Lee. What happened to the Swerve-Keith Lee match? What happened to those two guys with the tattoos that were with Swerve and the, and the cinder blocks and the this and the that? Let's get away from all that. Give Swerve some TV time every week. Let that, let that whole Swerve swagger and demeanor and heelish feel that he has really set in and resonate. Because I thought it worked tonight. Nick Wayne and Darby Allen closed out the show. Good main event for them. Actually, there was a part there where Nick didn't want to hit Darby or Darby didn't want to hit him. But then when the hands were up, they did hit him. Every once in a while, 
Storytelling over there gets a little confusing. I was also getting ready to come on to After Dark while that was that main event was going on in the ring. So sometimes it's a little hard to pay attention to both things. But there was an awkward moment. Andre, do you remember it? I know we were talking before the show. But do you remember that that moment in time? Where was that moment where they were starting to do the strong style stuff? No. No, and thanks for reminding me about that. Too much strong style. I think you did that on purpose. I think you mentioned that strong style stuff because I tweeted about it tonight. But yeah, the match, the main event was fine. But it, there, there was a, there was a, a bit in there that was a little wonky, but nobody's going to remember it. But thanks for bringing me back to that strong style stuff. How many matches are going to do the New Japan-esque strong style I chop you, you chop me, nobody sells, nobody registers. I think there were three matches in a row that did the same thing. There's an art to the strong style spot. And if you go back and you watch like the most popular strong style spot, strong style spot of all time, which is Kensuke, Sasuke and Kenta Kobashi in the Tokyo Dome, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And it was more about how over they were in the fans' eyes and the grueling, excruciating exchange of chops that made it. And the only other time I've seen that done that I believe worked so well was when Samoa Joe did it with Kenta Kobayashi, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right, in Ring of Honor. Now it just, once again, it's like a super kick, a Canadian destroyer, blah, 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 blah. It's just every match. I chop you, you chop me. I sit there and I take it. You sit there and you take it. And then I hit you back, you hit me back, blah, blah, like. If you're going to do it, do it in matches where it matters, not just in every match. Tackle, drop down, hip toss, arm drag, body slam, one, two, kick out, strong style, strong style, strong style. It's getting a little too much. We're becoming desensitized to too many things in wrestling. Unfortunately, we're becoming desensitized to Offense and registering. Notice I didn't say selling. Registering. The art of registering is just about dead. Some guys and gals still do it really well. But for the most part, lots gets, lo lots gets lost in the sauce. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.